Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Well, if you've known me very long, you've heard me probably say this. I thought by the time I reached this age that I would be further along in my faith journey. Now, I didn't think I'd be walking on water, but I thought at least I could be making my own communion wine. But I haven't got there yet, so I'm still on the journey. I'm moving from where I have been to where God wants me to be. And I pray that you're on that journey with me as we move through this thing and begin to talk about these kinds of things. I ran across this and I thought it was so good in light of this current situation we're in. It is said, don't let what you see make you forget what I said. That's what God's saying to us. Now last week we talked about associations. What I'm attempting to do in these three series, I'm trying to help you to stay and to endure to the end. Now, I know sitting here in the midst of this, you feel like you've already fought the battle or you're in the midst of the battle. You're, you're, you're trying to make some kind of sense out of what's going on in the world. You've never seen it like this before. But I want you to know that you will make it. That, uh, but the sad news is is there some, now hear me when I say this, I'm saying this with the right spirit and the right heart, there are some that won't make it. There will be some casualties along the way. Now I don't mean old people that get sick and die, I'm talking about people that lose their faith during this situation. I wished I could tell you that everybody that I ever prayed with to receive Jesus as their personal Savior was still going on with God. They're not. And so what I've been trying to do, I'm giving you three things that I believe can help you ensure your longevity as a believer. That, that when difficulties come, you recognize them for what they are and you overcome them and carry on. Quit should not be in the believer's vocabulary. We should endure to the end because the Bible says, he who endures to the end shall be saved in the midst of that. So I started out last week talking about associations and I took 45 minutes to say this one thing to you, that what you need to understand is you need to pay close attention to who you hang with and those you allow to speak into your life. They can lead you away from the faith. Now, I'm going to tell you three things, and I'll tell them to you up front. First of all, people you hang with can either build you or break you. They can, they can either take from you or add to you. They can make you become better or worse. It's important that you judge who you spend time with. We looked at it out of uh, 
out of the book of Timothy where Paul had written to Timothy and he said, he said, but know this, in the last days difficult times will come. And then he went on and listed about 21 things that were going to happen. And ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you they're in the world today. It said men will become lovers of self. Men will become lovers of money. And continues on and talks about all the different things that man can get involved with that causes him to fall away and brings hardships upon them. See, I don't believe hardships come upon men because God sends them. I believe hardships come upon men because of the sin that's in the world and the sin that we involve ourselves with. You know, when I look at my life, my life has been relatively peaceful all my life. When I look back in my life, I don't see a lot of uh, catastrophes and, and tragedies and, and, and shipwrecks. But you see, I, I'm a third generation believer. See, there's something that has happened inside of me that has enabled me to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord apart from me. See, I, I had godly parents that initiated faith in me in the beginning. They had godly parents, my grandparents, who instilled in them. So here I stand, at least a third generation believer in front of you, and I will say this to you, that my heritage has had a great deal in my longevity in the Christian faith. Now that may not be your testimony, but the good news is it doesn't have to be your testimony because I believe it was beneficial in my life, but I want you to know God can make up for whatever is deficient in your life. If you came from the most heathen background in the world, guess what? You've been born again. You're part of the family of God, which is the second thing that has absolutely made my life, and that is I have consistently all of my life been involved in a local church. I went to 16 different schools before I graduated high school. You could say we moved considerably. But one of the fondest memories that I have is that the first or second week we were in the new community and we may have only been there for, uh, only stayed for two or three or four weeks maybe three or four or five months, maybe three or four or five years. But the first or second Sunday we were in that new community, my mama and my daddy and all of us kids were down at the local Baptist church marching down that center aisle, moving our membership, pledging allegiance to that local body. And over the years they poured into my life and have helped me be what it is that I am. There's nothing other than a local church that can give to you stability and the ability to live consistently in the Christian faith. Don't believe the lie. Church is essential. You may think you're beyond that, but I'm here to tell you, if you do not think you can survive without a local church, you are in jeopardy of falling away. Remember that, write it down somewhere, and then you can contact me in another 20 or 30 years and tell me it wasn't the truth. 
Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is the truth. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. What did Paul say to Timothy about such people that would lead you away? Do what? Avoid such men as these. You need to make some hard choices if you're going to have it. If you're in it for the long haul, you need to make some hard choices. When Sharon and I first got married, I was not a preacher. I did not intend to be a preacher. I was going to own a junkyard. I loved old cars. And the more of them, the better, I'll tell you. But God called me to preach. And uh, my daddy-in-law wasn't overly excited about it. For, for, for a number of years, he used to ask me every time he'd see me. He said, Jim, you're still preaching? I said, yes, sir. He said, when are you going to get your real job? But in his latter years, he come to enjoy it, became a part of our church, was a faithful supporter to all that we did, and God saved his wretched old soul. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's an awesome thing. Listen, it's good to serve God. Listen, all right, let's talk about today. I thought about renaming this, Pastor Noah. I thought about renaming it to Survival 101 because that's really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you need to do some prepping. Anybody here a prepper? I mean, you got all that stuff stored up and you're waiting on the, on the, on the as my old seminary professor, the catastrophe to come, the catastrophe to come, you see? Ain't nothing wrong being a prepper, but you ought to be a prepper spiritually too because we're talking about survival 101. We're talking about staying firm. You know, I told you last week, I never have met anybody that said, well, you know, Brother Jim, I'm, I'm going to get saved and, and I'm going to serve the Lord and be faithful to the church and, and become a deacon and then I'm going to backslide. But have I ever seen that happen? Absolutely. And I'll guarantee you that a part of that falling away was involved in these three things that we're going to be talking about. We're talking about associations. We're talking about conversations. We're talking about life in general. So let's look at this. Here's John 16, 1. You see that? It says, I have said these things. How many of you, how many of you saw this verse? This was, this was the passage that, that we looked at in the home group. Remember that? We were talking about the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be your helper, and he's going to lead you into all truth. Remember that? Well, the first verse in that thing says this. I have said these things to to you to keep you from what? Falling away. Look at this verse. Paul said to Timothy again, he said, now the Spirit especially says that in the latter time some will what? Now if they were going to part from something, that means they were there to start with, doesn't it? You've got to be there to go away. So notice that by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits, See, that's the devil is a deceiver. So you need to understand that not everything that glitters is gold. You, you need to pray for a spirit of discernment if you're going to be in this for the long haul. All right, look at this verse here. Demas, having loved this present world, what did he love? Paul said, Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone somewhere else. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, this is a real thing that I'm talking about. I've lived long enough to see it over and over and over and over again. And I have watched as people have submitted themselves to to the wrong friendships, to the wrong conversations, to the wrong places. I have watched them fall away. I cannot tell you over the years how many young couples that I have seen that were unequally yoked where a believer married an unbeliever and that they did not get strong in the Lord, but many of them fell away from the Lord. This is a serious thing I'm talking about, and I'm trying to help you, not tomorrow perhaps, not the day after. I'm trying to help you 20 years from now when you're old and you can say, I've served the Lord. And I'm glad I did. Listen, I'm just telling you, it pays to serve the Lord. It pays to be faithful. There's something that happens when you commit yourself to the kingdom of God, to a local body, and are faithful in serving the Lord in that responsibility. Something happens in the person. There's something that comes from the inside that begins to permeate that person's life in the midst of that. Look at this verse. Not a verse. Falling away from faith is a real danger and we must guard against doing so, but not with fear, but with intentionality. In other words, what I'm trying to do is stir up something on the inside of you that says to you, I'm I'm in this for the long haul. I'm I'm not just here for a season. I'm here till Jesus comes to get me. So let's look at this thing of information. Now, we talked about association, and now we're going to talk about information in the midst of that. And there are basically only two ways that you receive information into your life. And that is through your eyes and through your ears. The things that you see and the things that you hear. And I want to show you this. I want you to think with me just for a moment about a red fire truck. The red fire truck has got ladders on the side. Do you see that? There's some extra hoses up there, and and there's a fire extinguisher there. You see that red fire truck? Now, what I want you to do is I want you to stop thinking about it. You can't. You still see that red fire truck? It doesn't matter how much I tell you. Now, don't you think about that. Because every time I mention a red fire truck, guess what comes up in your mind? Boom, red fire truck. You see, that's what's dangerous about what you hear and what you see because you are such a marvel that you don't see a thing or hear a thing that it doesn't get retained inside of you. You may not remember it, but it's there. So there's no such thing as innocent. There's no such thing as as watching something and, well, it doesn't affect me. You know, it's, it's like when I was younger and... Uh, I never have been a real music guy, but you know, back in the days of rock and roll, and and kids used to tell their parents, oh, I'm not listening to the words, I'm just listening to the music, and they could sing the whole song, every lyric. Why? Because it gets inside of you. See, it's important not only, not only who you hang out with, but what you listen to and what you focus your eyes on. Now, they say this is protection against the COVID-19, but I'm here to say if you want to be protected from this virus of unbelief and doubt, you're going to have to do something with your ears 
and you're going to have to do something with your eyes. You're going to have to be careful in the midst of that. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. So there's nothing creatively wrong with your ears and eyes. God gave them to you. Notice this right here. This is Jeremiah 29, 11. It said, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for welfare. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. See, God gave you eyes and ears not so you can be fearful, not so you can be afraid, but, but so you can anticipate what's in front of you. But you see, the devil wants to come along and wants to put things before your eyes and things in your ear that steal you away from God's purpose and intent for your life. You are not the exception. Please don't sit there and think that. Well, that may be true for other people, but you know, preacher, I'll tell you one thing. I'll... No, you're not. You're just like the rest of us. You're made out of the same stuff. You got the same problems. You get up in the morning, you put your pants on the same way we do. You are not an exception. You will be affected by what you hear and what you see. There's just no way to deny that in the midst of that. And if it's contrary to God's plan for your life, then you've got a problem. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, Just as is written, things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard. Well, listen to this. Which have not entered the heart of man that God has prepared for those that love him. See, God wants to use your eyes and your ears to demonstrate his love to you. But when you feast on things that are not godly, you listen to things that are not godly, then you are jeopardizing God's plan for your life. And ultimately, understand this, the devil has a threefold agenda for your life. Steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10 tells us that. And we need to understand that there are no... Listen, he does not in any way play down his plan for your life. It is still absolutely still kill and destroy. And you don't play footsie with the devil. You just don't do it. Because I'll tell you one thing, it real, it'll rise up and bite you in the backside. You need to understand that what I'm saying is the truth. It does matter who you hang out with. It does matter what you listen to. And it absolutely does matter what you see. Do you think there's any connection between the problem that we have with pornography and the availability of pornography? You know, when I was growing up, about the only place you can see any kind of suggestive pictures was the old Sears and Roebuck catalog over in the panty and bra section. <laughs> that was pornography when I was a kid. But I remember as about a 12-year-old boy riding my bicycle, I saw something laying over in the ditch. And I stopped and picked it up, and it was a Playboy magazine. And from that time on, I never had to wonder what a naked woman looked like. I'm telling you, it does matter what you put your eyes on. It does matter what you listen to. It will affect your life. And the sooner you and I are willing to admit that, 
I like what Job said. Job said in Job 31.1, he said this. He said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? Now, I like the Message Bible. Look at what it says. I made a solemn pact with my eyes never to undress a girl with my eyes. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have to undress them. They're undressing themselves. I was preaching at a church a number of years ago and, and I was talking to the, to the ladies and, and I was talking about the dress, even those that come to church. And, and, and I was telling them, you know, hey, I, I'm just a weak man. You, you know, and, and would you help a brother out and just wear clothes when you come to church? You know, it's, it's pretty hard to keep your mind on your sermon when you're sitting down there and you've got four or five teenage girls with their dresses nearly up to their hips. Now, I'm just being real with you, church. I'm just talking about what you see and what you hear. And so I, I was, uh, made a, a little point about that and was preaching along about that. And, and after the service, this lady came up to me and said, oh, you're one of those. I said, yeah, I'm a man. You understand what I'm saying, ladies, is, is that, it, that it does matter what you allow us to see. It does matter what we look at. It does matter what we listen to. You know, I, I found it amazing that they took Yosemite Sam. How many of you know who Yosemite Sam? They took his gun away because it was a bad influence. They didn't do a thing about the video games that show brutal, bloody murders by the hundreds. Are we a crazy society or what? A cartoon character's gun and we let go the rest of that? It, it's, 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 it's almost as crazy as, as this thing of somehow we think the coronavirus knows whether it's a bar or Walmart. I mean, why would it be any more active in a bar than it is in Walmart? And yet we close this one. In, I'm not up far opening the bars. I'm just using that for instance. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's like we have lost all common sense. I mean, it's like, I'm not even going to go there. All right. All right. Let's go ahead on here. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, because he, him neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now here's what I'm saying, ladies. What I'm saying, gentlemen, is this. You are a believer, and that's who I'm talking to primarily. You are a believer. You have inside of you the Holy Ghost. And hopefully somewhere through your life and your journey, you've picked up some of the Word of God. Somewhere you have hidden in your heart some of this. Now, now what I'm asking you to do is that you spiritually discern whether what you're watching or what you're listening to is building you up or tearing you down. Whether it's making you more godly or less godly. Whether it's causing you to be like the world or it's causing you to be like Jesus Christ. That's what I'm asking. I'm asking you to discern that because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. 
and he will lead you. We've been studying about that at at our home groups. Jesus said this. He said, listen, it's imperative that I go. Because if I go, then I'm going to send again the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you a helper, and he's going to live on the inside of you, and he's going to do what? He's going to reveal truth to you. So you have the advantage. You are not a victim. If you choose to listen to ungodly and you choose to watch ungodly, it's your choice. You're not being, oh, I didn't realize that, Brother Jim. I'm telling you, that's... Oh gosh, if I'd have known that. Yes, you did know it because you have a Holy Spirit inside of you that gives you a Holy Ghost unction. You have an anointing. Now I want you to notice this out of Mark chapter 7. I, I think this is interesting and, and he's talking to a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of church people and he makes this statement in, in chapter 7 verse 15. He said, there is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it, go, if it goes into him. But the things which proceed out of the man are that which defile the man. If anyone has ears, let him hear. And, and so then he begins to explain it. And he says to them, verse 18, are you so lacking in understanding also? So you do not understand that whatever goes into the man from the outside cannot defile him. Now, Folly is thinking because you've been, well, it doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I look at. It doesn't matter what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Now, listen and see what he's saying. Because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach and is eliminated. Now, what he's saying is this. He's saying you can eat anything you want to, and it's not going to defile you, spiritually speaking. Because it's going to go into your stomach and through the natural process of this body, it's going to either be utilized or eliminated. But notice what he says. He said, verse 21, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, murders, thefts, murders, adultery, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander. Now where does he say that comes from? That doesn't come from what we eat. It comes from what we see and what we hear. That's what gets into our heart. See, that, you know, I'm not a seafood eater, and I don't eat because I have some religious convictions against it. I just don't like it. But, but for me to eat it does not in any way affect me religiously, spiritually, it, because it, my body processes it and, and it goes to its place. But when I look at something and when I listen to something, it doesn't go into my stomach and it doesn't have my uh, intestinal tract to discern whether it's good or bad and it keeps the good and, and, and eliminates the bad because when I hear something bad and I see something wrong, it doesn't go into my intestines, it goes into my heart. It becomes a part of me. And Jesus said, now out of that is where flows this thing of envy and murder and greed and all of that because it's out of the heart is where that happens in the midst of that. So I I said, Lord, I need a couple of illustrations. 
And as I was praying about this, the Lord said, how about David? You remember the King David? If you're looking over in 2 Samuel, and we'll not turn there, the verse is on the screen. But in 2 Samuel, kind of give you a little bit of context. It was the time when the kings go to war, the Bible says. In other words, King Saul should have been somewhere else, and he wasn't. And so he was up on the, on the top of the palace, strolling around one day, and he looked over there and he saw a woman in the bath. Now, you know women take off all their clothes to get in the bathtub. So this was a naked woman. And undoubtedly was a foxy mama. Had what it took. Caught his eye. And the Bible says, now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And there from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in her appearance. Now she wasn't seducing the king. She was taking a bath because she worked hard all day and was smelly and sweaty and all that. She was an innocent bystander. But the action that she took and the king's look. Now if the king had done this and said, oh my. Lord, block that out of my mind. But he didn't do that because what he did, because he was the king, he called his servants and said, who's that foxy mama over there in the window? And they said, well, you know, that's old Uriah's wife. Said, would you bring her over here? Brought her over there. Now, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say he raped her, but I don't think she was probably a willing participant in this. But I don't know. If the king asked you to have sex, I guess you'd have sex. I don't know. You know, I didn't live in those days. But what I'm saying is, is he saw something and it led him to something else. And he did something that ended up in her husband getting killed. He, he went from an adulterer to a murderer because of something he saw. And then I really like this one. This is the one that really brings it home. Joshua 7, 21. Context is this. They're about to get their promise. God has said, I've prepared a place for you. And I, I tell you, I, it's going to be a place that flows with milk and honey. And said, but you're going to have to go in and take it by force. It's yours, but there's an enemy out there. And, and, and so they do, and, and, and they take the city the way, exactly the way that God said that they should take it by all of that marching around and all that shouting and all that stuff, and, and the walls fall down. And, and so there's a problem in the midst of that. There's a man there named Achan that saw some stuff, and he took it. Well, guess what happened? Nobody knew it but him and God. How could that hurt? Nobody saw me take it. So they went to the next battle, which was an easy battle, the little battle of Ai. And guess what happened? They got their tails whooped. God's people lost the battle. So they began to wonder, what happened? Why in the world did this happen? How in the world could we have lost this battle? And the Lord revealed to them that there was sin in the camp. Now notice this is what, when they confronted him, this is what he said. When I, what's the next word? When I saw among the spoils of the goodly, a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver, 
and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels, then I, what did he say? Why did he covet them? Because he saw them. Would he covet them if he hadn't seen them? No. Now notice what happened. Here's sin when it makes its turn. And took them, and behold, they are in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. Do you see the progression, ladies and gentlemen? Do you see that he saw it? And because it saw it, it stirred up some of this old natural lust that all of us have. He coveted it. He wanted it. Maybe he even felt like he was entitled to it because of something his ancestors had gone through. And the Bible says he took it and hid it and it brought destruction to the whole nation. It interfered with God's plan for their life. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, please learn to discern what you're looking at, what you're listening to. Ask the Spirit of God inside of you. My wife, my wife will drive you crazy with this. She, you know what she, when, when we do a song, she'll say, Lord, do you like that song? You know why? Because music is powerful. Do you know there's songs, and this takes a little rabbit, do you know there's songs that are made in heaven? And then there's songs that are made of men? Which one do you think moves heaven? See, I'm just saying, listen, discern. Oh, I'll tell you, I like that music group, boy, there. You know, I read something the other day. I don't know if it's true. Just throw it out here. You can research it. You know, there's quite a movement against some of the, the very songs that we do here. Quite a movement. You seen that, Rob? Yeah. That, that they say, hey, our church is not going to. That thing is terrible. Maybe need to turn it down a little bit. The, uh, big, big, not because there's anything wrong with the song, but there's something wrong with the source of the song. That, that they're singing one thing and maybe living another. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not that interested in it, but if you're a music person, you might, want to, you might want to look at it and see about that. James says, what causes the quarrels? What causes the conflict? Can I say this to you? Donald Trump is not the problem with the Democrats. If it was Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, it wouldn't matter who it was that stood against the, the things that they want. Now, you may be a staunch Democrat and God bless you. You know, I'm just saying to you, you need to look at the source of the envians, the strife. Do, do, do you think the riots have anything to do with because some policeman in some town put his neck on somebody's... No, 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 no. Has nothing to do with that, ladies and gentlemen. Open your eyes. Say, Holy Spirit, show me what's really happening. See, that's how you insulate yourself. That's how you protect yourself from, 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 from being led astray. You ask the Holy Spirit, did Jesus not say, I'm going to send you somebody to help you? 
Did he not say, I'm going to send you a comforter? Did he, did he not say he'll take you by the hand and lead you to the truth? See, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we must, we must, if we're going to endure to the end, we must learn to hear the Holy Spirit. Now, this man that's on your screen right there, Ravi Zacharias, passed away this year. He was an awesome apologist. Now, apologist, a Christian apologist is not somebody that apologizes for the Christian faith. An apologist is somebody who gives argument in behalf of a subject. And, and so uh, the Lord prompted me, as he did with the passing of Billy Graham, to kind of immerse myself in his teachings. And, and so I've been listening almost weekly to one or two or three uh, of Rabbi's messages. And, and as I listened to him, there were things that, that came out. And this is one of the things that, that I, that I want to touch with you about. He said, how do you reach a generation that listens with its eyes and thinks with its feelings? Now think about that. I, I heard this. I shared this with Ken and some of the other men. Listens with its eyes and thinks with its feelings. Think about our present society. They, they see something happen on TV. Maybe it's the truth and maybe it's not. But rather than going to the trouble of finding out the particulars about it and searching out the truth... They simply listen with their eyes. They don't reason with their mind. And then they respond with their feelings. So, so they watch and... So, so, so here, give you a fine example. Here's a fine upstanding uh, Confederate soldier in a statue, 200 years old. So they look at that and they see that as a Confederate soldier. And then instead of saying, all right, that's part of history. That, that's part of, of who we are and where we came from, right, wrong, or indifferent. That's where it is. And then they move with their feelings, not with their thinking, not with their reasoning. You know, the reason I said before is man and animals are different because God has given us the ability to think and reason, to make decisions and to have the authority to do those decisions. So what they do then is they, they look with their eyes and they see something and they respond with their emotions rather than with the facts. If that does not describe our society... He said, how do you reach them? And these were his three points. He said, first of all, not just heard, but must be seen. The church has done an, an admirable job of preaching the truth, not quite so in demonstrating the truth. Do, do you think, do you really think that what you say has nothing of importance any more than what you do has no influence. Listen, people are watching you. When we moved over on the old Van Vleck Road, our neighbors noticed whether we get up and go to church on Sunday. 
It says something to them. You see, you have got to, you can, it, talk is cheap as they used to say. But you've got to be demonstrating something. They've got to see something. If Jesus changed your life, they need to see what? A changed life. If Jesus is your provider, then what do they need to see? You trusting Him to provide for you. If Jesus is your healer, what do they need to see? You depending upon Him for healing. You understand what I'm saying? If the Bible says it, we can no longer, church, pick and choose what we believe out of this Word. We either accept the Word or we reject the Word. Either it's all true or none of it's true. See, that, that's a problem that we're having. And so we're giving a message to the world that is not clear. We are preaching a message and living something else. We say, separate yourself, and then we go and be a part of it. We say, watch what you say, and then we talk. We, watch, you see what I'm saying? We, we watch R-rated movies. We go, we go places we shouldn't go. We do things we shouldn't do. And when they see you there, guess what? Your witness is shot in the midst of that. Now, I'm not being hard. I'm just trying to be honest. You know, because ultimately you make the decision, not me. I don't make the decision. Listen, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go home. Well, I'm not going straight home. I'm going to eat dinner. And then I'm going home, take off my shoes, sit back and wait till staff meeting at 6 o'clock this evening. See, the truth is you've got to make up your mind. I'm already convinced of this. You have to make up your mind. Is What am I listening to? What am I seeing? Where am I going? Who am I hanging with? Because it makes a difference. Secondly, he said, not to be argued must be felt. Has to be passionate. That's what he says. It has to come. You see, it has to come from not from here, but it has to come from here. See, if I didn't believe what I was telling you, I wouldn't be telling you. If I didn't believe it's made a difference in my life, I wouldn't be telling you. If I, would, if I didn't tell you I think it's, gonna, it's what's going to carry me to the end, I wouldn't be telling you. Because I believe what I'm teaching to you today, last week, today, and tomorrow, is that which will endure, uh, cause you to endure to the end. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't even teach it. But it's important to do it. Thirdly said, not just rescue the end, but rescue the means. And I thought, what does he mean by that? And he said, not just, not just save the sinner, but save the thing that saved the sinner. See, you understand, if the word is not honored, reverenced, taught, obeyed, you have absolutely nothing else in your life that will guide you. Nothing. There is, you, you eliminate the Word of God, there is no absolute in this world. You've got to go back. And I firmly believe, again, with passion, and I'll say this, I believe the Word of God is the inspired Word of God. I believe it's profitable for teaching. I believe it's profitable for instruction. I believe it's profitable for correction. I, I have based my life on this. I'm trusting my eternity to what it says. Now, I don't know how to be any more passionate about that. I'm just saying to you, I believe the Word of God works. It's worked in my life. You can trust it. It will cause you to overcome. It will cause you. See, we've got to rescue not only the means of salvation, uh, the salvation of souls, but we've got to rescue the salvation. It does matter about your Bible in the midst of that. We've got to close, all right? This is what he said, just something else he said. When genius is lost, mockery takes its place. And I thought, oh man, what does he mean? This guy talks, he, he has words, that, but it, it, it behooves you to listen to this man. It's, you, YouTube's filled with his messages, it'd be good. 
So when genius is lost, mockery takes its place. And this is, I look those words up because I'm not real smart. Genius means the prevalent character or spirit of something. That's the genius of something. The spirit of it is lost. Mockery, and mockery is, is uh, teasing or contemptuous language or behavior directed at a particular person or thing, it takes its place. You see, here's his point. When the genius of the gospel is not obeyed, when we don't live it out in our daily lives, it becomes a mockery to the world. It's important where we go, who we hang with. The crude, vulgar language that has captivated the mouths and pens of this generation is nothing other than the demonstration of what we have lost, not any freedom of expression that we have found. I am appalled. I am appalled. I am insulted at the language that is acceptable in this society in which we live. Words that my mother and your mother would have washed your mouth out for. A part of. Listen, it does matter what you listen to because you begin to talk like that. I've worked construction uh, numbers of times in my life. And, and if there's anywhere, I've never been in the Navy, they talk about how how Navy cuss like a sailor. I don't know if sailors cuss or not, but I'll tell you what, I've been around construction workers and they have a few choice words. And you know what? When you listen to them all day, boy, it is much more susceptible for them to come out. out of your con- you have to guard it. Did I not say, did you miss when I said you have to be Intentional. This is not something that just comes automatically. It's not something that you, oh, Holy Ghost, make me. No, 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 no. You intentionally determine your life's going to make a difference in Jesus' name in the midst of that. You have to understand that. We have replaced the genius of conversation and verbal expression with crude, vulgar, suggestive, and degrading attempts to make ourselves heard. Do you know 30 years ago when a comedian comedian took the stage, he was funny. You know what most comedians when they take the stage today are filthy, suggestive, vulgar. Vile. Listen to their language. No, please don't listen to their language. (laughs) Just think about how it was. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just saying it's so vitally important. So how do we reach the generation of people while at the same time protecting ourselves from falling away from the faith and ultimately their devastation that would bring our... that would bring and are protecting from the Christian faith that we love. How do we do that? You see, here's what I'm, I'm afraid of this. I've been joking recently about middle-aged preachers in skinny jeans. That is not the way to reach the world. It doesn't matter the cut of your pants. Some of them look like Mr. Potato. 
I'm not being critical. I'm just saying, listen, there are things that we can do to reach the generation without compromising the faith. Because the reality is, is the world is not looking for something that's appealing to their eyes. They want something that'll touch their heart. No, the one major difference between the New Testament church and the church of today is not the preaching of the gospel, but the demonstration of the gospel. You say, well, what do you mean? I, I'm just, can I say this? Read the book of Acts and you determine what the demonstration of the gospel must not be heard, must be seen. Not just argued, but must be felt. Not just rescue the end, but rescue the means. And here it is, finally, brethren. You thought, dear God, was it ever getting you? Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these. It does matter who you hang with. It does matter what you listen to, and it does matter what you see. Next week, we're going to talk about declarations. It does matter what you declare. You know, I have not yet said so, but I may do so in the future. I have had people complain to me about their life and want me to pray with them about that, when I should have said to them, you have brought it on yourself by the words that you speak. Would you believe that the Bible said that death and life are in the power of your tongue? We're going to talk about that next week. I know I've challenged you and that was my intent. I've asked you to examine your relationships and who you spend time with. I've asked you to think about what it is that you listen to and what it is that you watch. And I intended to do that. And I pray that I have communicated that in such a way that perhaps you would give it some consideration. And in the same way, next week, we're going to look at this thing of conversation, of declaration, what are you declaring over your life? Wellness or sickness? Victory, success, or failure? Hope or despair? What, listen, my assignment this week is listen to what's coming out of your mouth and make a note in the midst of that. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.